Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.K. Amanu, the writer, director of Aviation. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stuart, page the screen.com up in my blog piece. Snooch, yeah, that's my motorcycle running and tracking over my fucking snooch. Jamie's with Dom, eating pizza, and pussy. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. I'm Jeff Farmer, director, producer of Dead Air. The From Page to Screen Moviecast. I was wondering, it confused me, I'm like, that makes no sense. You've answered my call and yet I could still hear me ringing. Right. <laughs> That's technology for you. I know. Now, have you been on a podcast with Stu Miller before, or have you just listened to him? Hi, Stu. Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm a bit cranky, but I'm always cranky, so eh, just as, <laughs> just the normal yep. me. What's made I you cranky? You. Hmm? What's made you cranky? I'm just a cranky person. Well, I know, I know, I know that. I was just wondering why you're a little bit crankier today than normal days. <laughs> no, I'm just always cranky. Every day is a cranky day. <laughs> but you should be happy. I was going to say happy cranky. It actually makes no sense. You should be happy though, because there are more Studio Ghibli films coming. Well, possibly. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know, happy cranky is actually salty, right? Mm. So Which I. Should... I, I... Yeah, <laughs> I I have those days as well. The alternate right. cranky, salty, cranky, salty. <laughs> I hear you. Can you imagine if we if we called a podcast episode, we find out that Happy Cranky is salty, then people would be right. like, I don't even know what that podcast's about. I'm not sure I want to listen. One million listens right off the bat. Merlange will be the first, and then after that, there, there's at least you know. Uh, 150 to a million who would like to know about that. Well, Neil Johnson would probably like to know about it. <laughs> probably. I don't know. I don't know whether Tracy would decide to click on the play button. I'm hoping so. Do you know what's really cool is uh, Tr- Tracy and Neil over the past couple of weeks, whenever they listen to the podcast, they send me a screenshot, and I'm usually playing in their car as they've driven from some really? production meeting or something. So it's really right. bizarre. Here I am in this chilly little town in England, and people in really hot countries far, far away are listening to <laughs> us talk. Totally being unscripted and just chatting about whatever the hell we're chatting about. Right, right, right. Yeah, man. You talk about crazy weather. Um, we've had that in one place as far as that kind of uh, – we were up into the upper 70s and then uh, it dropped down to, I don't know, I think it was like 20-something and snowed. 
And then it's now been climbing back towards the, uh, you know, the 70. I think we're going to be at 75 or 80 next week. So you never know around here. So has the snow sorted itself out? Because it was pretty bad there like a week or so uh, Up north, like where Melange is and where Eric lives, uh, they had easily probably 12 to 20 inches somewhere in there. We probably had two inches. And uh, as Michelle and I went to Salisbury, we don't normally go to uh, watch the movies at the local theater. Then, um, I mean, like it was already melting on that Sunday. And then we went to go see Logan. I don't know if you guys have seen that and want to chat that. But um, yeah, but I mean, like on the way back home, the sun was out and there was no sign of snow. I've seen Logan, so I'm happy to chat with that. I know um, Stu's co-host has seen Logan. I listened to his review on that. Stu, have you checked out Logan? Yeah, I saw it today. Fantastic. Good. We could have a bit of a chat about Logan then. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you I, guys like it? I did. Did Stu, let's go to you first. Yeah, I love the fact that you go over to the, the salty, cranky one. <laughs> that's, that is your, that's your new Twitter name, salty, cranky one. No, I'm keeping cryptic tadpole because it's, it's unusual as it is anyway. So salty, cranky one. Mm, <laughs> not, not, not so sure. Yeah. Um, regarding Logan, I admired the film. I, I thought Uh-oh. that uh, <laughs> I, I thought that Mangold did um, a brave thing in what he did with the movie, yeah. And the and the fact that he did finally, finally bring us um, sort of like the R-rated or 15-rated um, Wolverine film that everybody has been asking for for quite a long time, considering what his character is like and the way right. Hugh Jackman has been playing Wolverine. You would have expected to happen much more sooner than it has. And right. they actually pulled their thumb out of their arse and finally grew some balls and did right. it. <laughs> I, I know um, obviously Deadpool was an influence on the way the film turned out, but it, it, a movie should not be an influence for you to change the theme of it, considering how violent a character of Logan is. Yeah. If you look at it back in the, the animated um, X-Men TV series or in the comic books um, ever since Logan has been created and Wolverine's been created he's always been like that so why have they uh, toned him down as much as they have especially in the standalone movies understandable in the X-Men films but in the standalone movies that was the chance to actually give us the Wolverine that we needed money, um, money. And, and the Wolverine we deserved right yeah <laughs> and in a weird it, uh, they, they did it in a film that's not a Wolverine movie, which is just, that's again, right. ironic in itself. <laughs> it's all about his normal character of Logan rather than of Wolverine, because the only time Wolverine is ever mentioned throughout the film is in his X-Men um, comic book ego kind of stuff, when they find mm-hmm. the comic books and he says, don't believe all that crap. It's all, right. it's all fake. Right. So. It could be that that's an allegory of how Wolverine is. Wolverine is just a, a fig- figment of Logan's imagination. It's all fake. Right. But yeah, the film itself is brave on the front of the fact that they did finally do what they did. It su- still suffers from the Marvel problem with the bad guys. The, the bad <laughs> guys are only there just to have something right. evil in the films. They just never right. work. They're, there is no terror behind them. They're just there to look a little bit mean and to be... Um, be an owner to a puppy dog, because yeah. if you look at um, X24, he's more like a dog. And so right. he, the, the bad guy is just the owner going, fetch, go on, fetch. Right. That's Wolverine. He's a, he's a stick for you. Just go and fetch him. Yeah. I, I think the stuff that worked was the Western stuff, the, the stuff mm-hmm. where it just 
toned itself there, uh, be like really quiet and contained and just about a character study about yeah. Logan's relationship with Charles Xavier, the father-son stuff, that when they changed it a little bit in the middle of the film where you see um, Logan with Charles and the girl going right. to have dinner with that family. And when right. they're treating themselves as like a family, that's where it worked brilliantly. I, I thought the character development was the strongest it's actually been in an X-Men film and in a, a movie like that. It just falls apart in the when it wants to bring in all the violence and stuff. Again, understandable, but it falls apart a little bit on that front there. So better than I thought it would be. Best Wolverine standalone film, but not mm-hmm. brilliant. Because you, mm-hmm. uh, your co-host on the Monday Movie Show, Stu, he didn't really like the the whole section where they sat down and had dinner and stuff like that. He was um, he described <laughs> it as a lull, didn't he? Well, I'm I'm sort of like the opposite. I yeah, like I that. So did I. Because mm-hmm. it, it added pathos to the film. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it added it added depth, which is uh, missing from a lot of superhero movies. Because superhero films are afraid to take things a little bit slow to have mm-hmm. proper character development. If you look at Suicide Squad, if you look at Batman versus Superman, if you look at all of them, that prefer them to be like quick cuts. Like, mm-hmm. if you look, especially at Suicide Squad, that's music video is stitched together. And that's the way the superhero <laughs> genre um, likes to have their characters. They don't like to have sections where it's like 15 minutes of pretty much nothing. But it's mm-hmm. character development. And I know we know all about these characters, but seeing little areas of stuff we've never seen before from them. There's, there's always been that father-son relationship between Charles Xavier and um, and Logan and Wolverine. It's always been there, but it's mm-hmm. never been fully explored. And it's nice to see some of that come to life in in Logan. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, you know, they refer to uh, my generation as the sandwich generation because about the time we finish raising our kids, then we'll be looking after our parents. And so that was one of the things I got from the movie was just that it is it's a story that's very relevant, but happens to be told through the eyes of Wolverine with X-23 and uh, with uh, Professor X, Xavier. And um, and so I don't know, I kind of got into that and the, to the frustration of thinking, OK, I'm just, you know, because Logan was going to look after Professor X and he, they were going to go out on a boat. And then once. Uh, Professor X died, then he was going to, you know, bite the animantium bullet. And then here comes a child that he didn't even know, you know, he had. So then he takes responsibility for, um, you know, the girl. And so I kind of got into it just as a regular story that happened to be, uh, you know, in the X-Men universe, even though there was very little reference to anything, any prior movies other than um, Charles saying something about Logan, what a disappointment when I found you, you were, you know, uh, doing the cage match or whatever, which that was really the only reference to, to anything substantial. But yeah, it was just, I thought it was very cool. I liked the color, the coloring of the whole movie. And I thought the pace was really solid as well. I like yeah, the ref- they- references to Mad Max Thunderdome as well when he woke up and he'd been like cutting his hair and stuff. I'm like, yay! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was, I really, I mean, we watched it on Friday night and we really, really enjoyed it. From, straight from the back, I remember when I was talking to Sean on one of the last podcasts, he'd seen it and I hadn't. Yeah. And he said, straight from the beginning, it's like, hey, we're an R-rated movie. And he was spot on. <laughs> it was right, like yeah. F-bombs and violence and blood. And right. I'm like, yep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this film. 
I don't think we've ever seen um, Wolverine's claws cut through somebody's head. You know what I mean? And and not just stab, but I mean literally slice in half, and then uh, people losing limbs and stuff. So yeah, it was. I I thought that was very appropriate. I enjoyed it. I think the only thing that I was like, wow was when X-23 came out and she was more vicious and more wild than Logan. (laughs) She was kind of like a cross between a spider, which would just leap on you. And I don't know, she was just pure savage. She was amazing. Yeah, She was very much like um, Wolverine back in the first X-Men film. Mm-hmm. you're right yeah she was very much like that and so in a way it's just going yeah we're going to pass the bat on to this character now and yeah we've got the mini mutants so right. i really <laughs> hope they don't actually take that up and release a film called the mini mutants or, <laughs> or, or whatever uh, right. so, yeah it's just reminded you of what logan was actually like um when he was younger not as young as obviously as the kid but when logan right. was actually younger and taking you back to the the first time we saw him and um, finding out that he's got these mutant abilities mm-hmm. and you were talking about references to the other one did you clock the samurai sword hanging on the wall that he was given yeah. in the wolverine so <laughs> other than that, that i can't think of yeah. any other references but it was i really yeah. enjoyed it really good did you get a little bit of a lump in the throat at the end i kind of did i'm like that's a, a good you ending. know i i'm glad that it, it ended on that note um i think that uh, you know with everything that hugh jackman has said as far as this is the final movie this is the last time i'm gonna play wolverine and he's enjoyed the what was it 10 12 years i forget how long it's been since the original uh, x-men movie that kind of launched him as wolverine which was an odd choice i'm glad they made that but i mean wolverine was short in the uh comic book so here's hugh jackman what is he six four six five and you know this this leaner version of uh wolverine so it'll be interesting if they either with the kid mutants or a different group of mutant mutants or if they do like conan uh the barbarian the destroyer and all that and just have different tales of the X-Men, it'll be interesting to see who they choose to uh, take that role, the Wolverine role, because he's been all throughout time. I mean, you know, when he went back in time and inhabited his body um, in the second reboot, whatever film, the uh, first class sequel or whatever, I can't remember what it was called, but um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. What was the second one called? I only uh, have three Apocalypse. Days of Future Past. Oh, days, days of Future Past. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Which God awful apocalypse. <laughs> I have not seen that, but as soon as I saw the uh, dude from um, Star Wars as Apocalypse, and, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, Apocalypse is like 12 feet tall, and he's like, you know, Hulk size. He's tall, he's powerful, and here's this dude that. Who, who looks even a lot. Yeah. It looks a lot like Ivan Ooze from the first Power Rangers film. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, so did, I guess you guys saw the trailer for, or the teaser trailer for the Deadpool 2. Yeah. So what do yeah. you guys think of that? Steve, you want to go first? It's more Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's pretty much what it is. It's just more Deadpool. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. That's not a bad thing because I like Deadpool. Right. Well, it, it's just more Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. I maybe would have cut the the butt cheeks rubbing up against the glass down by maybe twenty seconds, but other than that, I had no problem with the trailer. I'm like, how long is this thing gonna go on? What the hell's going on here? Well, I thought it was funny that they actually had that um, the the that section of the score from the Donner Superman 
as here's this Marvel character going into the phone booth. And so, yeah, that was that was kind of funny. But, yeah, I thought the whole thing and Logan being on the uh, marquee up there where the guy was getting, you know, uh, threatened and all that stuff. And, yeah, I thought it was interesting. They wisely shot and put together two different trailers because the one that uh, was online had different dialogue after it went to black versus uh, right before Logan. It was a little bit different, but it was all funny. So. I think the funny, I mean, there's a lot of humor in Logan, which I thought was very, very good. Um, but the funniest thing was watching the entire audience, or pretty much the entire audience, sit and wait till the end credits for the end credit sequence, which didn't happen. I'm like, that was amazing. And we, we sat there, and you could hear people going, what do you reckon it'll be? Do you reckon it'll be like Deadpool, or do you reckon it'll be like X-Force right. or whatever? And I, I turned to Annette, and I went, what would really cheer me up is if there wasn't one. I said, that'd be so funny. I mean, don't get me wrong, I was sat there waiting for it as well. Right. And then when it didn't, and it came up with a 15,000 jobs were created because of this movie. And then that was it. You could hear all these people going, well, this is bullshit. They were, like, they, were, they were not impressed, but I thought it was hysterical. Yeah. Well, see, I'd already read that there, there was no closing credit anything. I mean, there was nothing after the credits. So um, once the credits started rolling officially, then Michelle and I left the theater. But we left an entire, you know, the theater was packed and everybody was waiting to see what they would uh, find out and, you know, what was to come in the X-Men universe. And, yeah, we, hey, you know what? I, I This is a good end. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I um, you know, I think Deadpool is going to be fine. I think they could technically do a Deadpool Wolverine. I know they've just been kind of teasing that and throwing it out there as a joke. But, I mean, I think Wolverine as that straight man and uh, Deadpool as the comedy aspect, I think that would be really cool. But will they have Hugh Jackman in it? Because he said he's not doing it anymore. Even if it's a cameo, I think, don't do it. Because you've made this whole thing about this is your last time. Well, but we heard that from Robert Downey Jr. I'm done with Iron Man. What do you <laughs> yes, say? A trillion dollars? I'm back in as Iron Man. So, yeah, it's true. I think money will be the final say. And I'm not saying that Hugh Jackman is uh, – I think he, everything I've read and heard, he's a very nice guy. But um, no matter how nice, man, and no matter how much you've sworn off the character, offer me $50 million and I will play Harley Quinn. I don't care, man. You know what I mean? So. You could play Harley Quinn. You could. You, you, you could do the voice and everything. You just you'd there. You go. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate universe. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. this will uh, this will set Stu off, and it will set me off as well. But jo- Stu and I both watched the same film at separate times within mm-hmm. the past month or so. And yeah. the, if you really want to laugh, listen to Stu trying to review it on his podcast because he couldn't. Because he's got a swear filter on his show where he just doesn't use any profane right. language at all. Right. And trying to review this film and describe what happened, he couldn't. He couldn't do it. So have you seen a film, John, called We Are the Flesh? No. No, it's a, it's a lovely little Mexican film. Um, perfect to sit down with the family and watch. And it's a really, it's a feel-good um, mm-hmm. borderline science fiction drama thing, fantasy pile right. of shit basically it's awful <laughs> is it literally like no, it's, it's uh, from dogma that character no it's dog no <laughs> uh, kind of it's like that in in 90 minute form oh wow uh, man. so yeah. Stu, what did you really think of we are the flesh you have to give me credit though 
I do. Um, no, of, of, um, of reviewing the film on a on a show where where PG sort of like twelve certificate at the at the top, so PG thirteen American wise. But yeah. con- considering that that that's the style of the show and reviewing something like We Are the Flesh, even when it, not just including films like We Are the Flesh, when you review films like the Fifty Shades series or any film that involves um, like sex in it or extreme violence or something like that describing mm-hmm. something like that is difficult to do um <laughs> on a pg-esque show and so i i did a good job you did uh describing we are the flesh but it, it's considering that it's um it's running time is like 70 minutes 70 80 minutes it's the best way to describe we are the flesh is if david lynch and gaspar noir had a had a baby <laughs> That, that's the sort of like feel of it. It's sort of right. like an amalgamation of like a razor head with a little bit of irreversible in it and films of that ilk. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, it is a Mexican Spanish language film directed by em- Emiliano Roach Minter. And it just centers around a brother and sister who um, are vagabonds who live homeless. It does. And now, it, now remember this, John, a brother and sister. So carry on. Right. Yep. <laughs> and um, they break into this this abandoned building, which they think is an abandoned building one day to seek shelter um, mm-hmm. from the things that are happening outside. And they discover this man who introduces them to the world of, well, necrophilia, um, <laughs> just incest, uh, right. rape, cannibalism, things like that. And wow. for for the first 15 minutes of the film, you're expecting the movie just to be about a brother and sister relationship. Yeah. Right. And then for the last 60 minutes of the film, it is a brother and sister relationship from hell. Yeah, it, I think the indicator to me when I knew I was watching some sort of different film, John, was when the old guy who's been living in this weird place, or some sort of warehouse thing, uh, right. just tells the sister to blow the brother. Wow. Exactly. She, does. she certainly <laughs> does. And, you know, it's, this isn't one of these off-screen reservoir dogs cutting an ear off type thing. No, no, you actually right. see it. You're sitting there watching it. It's like, okay. And to put this into context, this got an 18-rated certificate in the UK, uncut. Right. <laughs> yep. So the scenes where you do see that would normally be cut from a normal film. So I went onto the BBFC's website to find out if the film was cut, and it wasn't. They, they didn't even cut that scene. And I'm thinking, who actually just presided over the rating of this film? <laughs> Nobody. <when they> <laughs> watching it. Did, did they just, like, were making a sandwich or something like that when that scene occurred? And they went, oh, crap, I'm actually reviewing a film here. I go back to it. Oh, nothing much happened, and it's almost still rated 18. I think also... <laughs> It's quite a while. I don't think I've ever actually seen a film where a man ejaculates himself to death, either, actually. Or sort of. He kind of <laughs> right. falls falls over in a slump. And it's kind of weird. It's I've not, <laughs> so seen another... that, I've not seen many Mexican films, but this yeah. one doesn't really warm me to the, the, the Mexican <laughs> um, film industry for some reason. Yeah, so it wasn't just shot down there. It was actually that's that's the birthplace of this this beast, huh? Kind of, uh, definitely. <laughs> t- he shot somewhere. Uh. <laughs> I think it was actually all over the brother and sister. If I remember rightly enough, right? It's, it's a very very weird film. I watched it. I, mean, I think I bailed out about an hour. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I got better things to watch than this, and you know, right. I did. What a silly time to be alone, considering you only had like 15 minutes left. <laughs> I did look at it because I, I put the the clock thing on to see how long it had, and I'm like, yeah, forget it. Because I was also worried that Annette would walk in, 
But she'd, be, <laughs> she'd been out, and it'll be the whole. I mean, John and I, we've spoke about that infamous film on Netflix, and it's right. like it's one of those films where you don't want you don't want somebody to walk in and go, "What are you watching?" Uh, it's right. this proper film, and it's not. <laughs> It's not anything dodgy yet. It kind of looks that way. So I was a little <laughs> bit nervous. And, uh, that's why I switched it off and when it when hit the start, hour. Yeah, that's, that's a good sign that, that, yeah, you need to stop. But it's funny that, you know, it's like we have the MPAA over here, right? And it, it's more or less like uh, I, I, this is in my mind. I envision these people very diverse in background. And everybody's thrown a, a stack of Blu-rays or, C, or DVDs or whatever. And so – you know, the ultra conservative is going to find, oh, well, this guy took a shirt off at the beach. It's rated R. But then you have something like this movie, like what you guys are describing. And then the the, the really liberal is just person is going to say, oh, well, whatever, man, it's just rated R, whatever, PG-13, you know. And so it, I agree with you guys. There needs to be some sort of a style guide, some sort of rule book that everybody um, abides by. But there is none. Uh, it all depends on who's watching it. Like you say, if they go make a sandwich or if it's, uh, you know, if they're going to, uh, I don't know, go for a walk and come back and, you know, Lord of the Rings is still playing. I don't know, man. It was, uh, yeah, it's not one that I would recommend. I'm sure there's people out there that like it, but no. Oh, sure. Not, not yeah. for me. Not for <laughs> me at all. And I'm not even thinking I'm offended by it. I just had no idea what the <laughs> hell was going on. Like Stu mentioned, it's kind of, I always have the same thoughts about David Lynch. People go, he's a genius. I'm like, eh, maybe in some films, but however, <laughs> I think later films, he's just screwing with us. He's just putting these things out there, like Inland yeah. Empire, and people go, oh, I don't understand it, but it's amazing. No, it's right. not. It's just a bunch right. of stuff. There's a difference between that and the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's what you're saying, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes. So you can skip 70 minutes of We Are the Flesh. Um, I, uh, you yeah. know what? The, usually as we're talking, I put, uh, you know, like I have a little list growing of movies to watch because you have recommended it. And I, that's, I have a new list now. Don't ever watch this movie. So. <laughs> I do have a few films that you will like to watch, so keep that list handy. But uh, okay. We Are the Flesh ain't one of them. I don't think it's actually get, gotten a, an American release, actually. We Are the Flesh. <laughs> Which, is, to... Which is fine. I think a wall has been built and Trump ain't letting We Are the Flesh over it. Right. <laughs> You're fine. Well, you, can, uh, you can skip it. Have you guys seen Passengers? Chris no. Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence? Yes. What did you think? <laughs> I, I think that just explains it <laughs> okay now see i saw the trailer and the trailer didn't inspire me to go see the movie because it was just like oh they're on a space station they woke up early chris pratt's hiding something here comes lawrence fishburne and you know so i i really didn't have the urgency to you know to go see it while it was in the theater and then an editor friend of mine said yeah it's a lot more than the trailer would let on and so it it's it has a it's a completely different story than i was led to believe i enjoyed it simply because it is it's again kind of like logan except not nearly as bloody but it's talking about the the life experience you know who you choose to be with uh who you are chosen to be with whatever. I mean, you know, and so it, it was interesting. Um, I was hoping that it would end. Um, and, and can we give spoilers or, or not? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I was hope. well, wait a minute, you haven't even seen it yet. There's a point near the end in which um, Chris Pratt would have died. And I thought, yes, 
and then he 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 didn't die in that situation. I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for you, man. But anyway, but yeah, so I was like, well, dang, this is feeling kind of Disney. And then it was not Disney. Then it was Disney. So anyway, I, I I still really enjoyed it, but it was a completely different movie than I thought I was getting involved with. Okay, which is a bit more of an elaboration than Stu's. Eh. <laughs> <Not really. laughs> well, you know what? Meh is just that. That sums it up right there, man. Sometimes, um, sometimes that's good enough review, isn't it? It's, eh. <laughs> well, you've saved somebody twenty bucks and or twenty pounds, and yeah, man, you know, and and you're done. You can go on and watch a movie like Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, which I'd never seen until yesterday, and I'm watching this, and I'm kind of cringing at a lot of the different things, and um, I, I would I admired the fact that they wanted to be so like the comics that they even had the Fantastic Four playing whatever, flying mobile or whatever, where, you know, they all had their own little separate pods and they could fly around. But there was a lot that I just, anyway, I, I'm, it's a one and done. I, I don't care to ever see it again. So did you guys see Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer? Like, what was it? 15 years ago. That's when I saw it yeah, 15 years ago. And I remember it being pretty bad then. I didn't mind the first one. I thought it yeah. was okay. It was admirable, yeah. The, the second one was kind of not good. Yeah. So, and well, I, do, I do like the third one, you know, the Josh Trank one, despite it gets bashing and yes, it's oh, a bit yeah. of a but yeah. I enjoyed it. So. Yeah, I, I did too. That was one of those that was in the super cheap bin at Walmart, and I bought it just, you know what, you can't argue with like 3 or $4, I can't remember. And yeah, it was it surprised me because everyone had bashed it. And, you know, I got to thinking, maybe I would have enjoyed Suicide Squad a little more if people, if number one DC hadn't said, "Hey, this is our uh, version of Guardians of the Galaxy. You're going to love this movie," which was not true, and um, and it was very disjointed. It was just like, "Oh, wait a minute. You know what? We need it funny, so we're just going to go back and reshoot little bits of of different scenes and say something funny, and then we're just going to jump to something that's not funny." It, it just felt so contrived. And I really wanted to like that. I liked the characters, but it just, I don't know. It was just odd. So anyway, but going back to, um, you know, um, oh, what was it? Fantastic Four or whatever. Yeah, it's as far as the reboot or whatever you want to call it that came out last year or whenever it was. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised, but probably because I was expecting it to be uh, probably, as Stu said, meh, you know. I did. I put Fantastic Four, and I'm like, go on, let's see how terrible this film actually is. <laughs> and because my expectations were so low, I think I quite yeah. enjoyed it. So. <laughs> so did you guys all see Doctor Strange? Yes. Yep. And what did you think? Stay. Um, It was interesting for them to get a horror director to direct it. In yeah. um, Scott Derrickson, because uh, yeah. Scott Derrickson's an interesting director, so it was nice for him to actually bring that tone to the film itself, even though uh, it has no horror tones to it. And even though Benedict Cumberbatch was pretty much playing Sherlock Holmes as <laughs> Doctor Strange, he right. so the, the wisecracking, sarcastic kind of up himself character. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't you there. And again, it's the Marvel problem, bad guy, absolutely non-existent. But mm-hmm. overall, it's it's Scott Derrickson looked at um, Inception and thought, I could do that <laughs> but multiple right. times and try to make it a bit more interesting, but not. Um, right. But overall, the whole film, it was it was fine. It wasn't anything special, but it was fine. You mentioned yeah. Scott Derrickson, horror director. What has he done? Um, he did Sinister. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But now I enjoyed but- Doctor Strange. The magic confused me. Because there's like, <laughs> certain sequences when they were just running away from somebody that's trying to kick their head in. So they're, they're spinning skyscrapers and I'm thinking, why don't you just right. <laughs> You know, I, I get it when you're running across said skyscrapers, but there are a lot of the time when you just seem to be changing the scenery. I'm like, never right. mind all that, just run. It's easier. So, that, <laughs> but other than that, I did enjoy it. Thought it was quite good. Yeah, but you know, there again, the trailer made it look like it was going to be Inception, like they were just going to be bending time and space. It it appeared to me that we were going to see multiple versions of uh, Doctor Strange, like across multiple dimensions and and alternate universes, which. We didn't have. And the big, you know, the inception kind of uh, twisting the city up, that I don't think that happened more than what, once or twice. But for whatever reason, they were like, oh, we've got to show that we have money. And so in the trailer, there, there's this inception piece. And I, I, that's why I didn't go see it in the movie theater. I waited to get it on Blu-ray. And I only picked it up on Blu-ray because I'm a Marvel fan, as well as uh, I'll pick up the DC animated movies. But anyway, um, but yeah, it just it, it didn't inspire me to go see it in the movie theater the way Logan did. I've watched, uh, I think it was you that recommended this to me, John, actually. I Am Your Father. Oh, the, yeah, what do you think, man? The Dave Prowse documentary, which mm-hmm. we found on UK Netflix. I'm like, oh, fantastic. I really <laughs> enjoyed it. It was really, yeah. really cool just listening to Dave Prowse's side of things about the whole Star Wars. I'm yeah. still not, and we're never going to know who's right. That's the, you know, do right. we, is George right for sort of blocking <laughs> Dave Prowse from going to Star Wars <laughs> Celebration? Or is yeah. Dave Prowse right for George just thinking it was him? But it was it was interesting. I enjoyed it. <laughs> And he seems like a genuinely nice guy, which that was, I mean, I had met him at one of the cons years and years and years and years ago. And, and he was very nice, but he was very emphatic about, I needed to stop lifting weights because I would regret it later on. And I was never into it the way he obviously was based upon the documentary. But I mean, he seemed like a genuinely nice guy. And, uh, but you hear so many bad things about, um, you know, the, the star Wars thing where he was, you know, banned from any star Wars conventions and stuff. And anyway, I mean, that's, that's sad because he really seemed to think that this was going to put him on the map when they unmasked him. Right. Um, and then, nope, that's going to be yet another actor, you know, who will later be replaced by Christian Haydenson or Hayden Christensen, whatever his name is. Um, you know, so, I mean, every, everybody's getting replaced, but it just was digital. But have, have you been able to find that segment that they, uh, created? No, I kind of hoped, and I, I kind of figured they wouldn't play it in the film because at one point right. they're like, no, you're not allowed to do it. And they thought, well, we're going to do it anyway. I thought the odds on that scene being in this <laughs> Netflix documentary, is probably right. slim. We're not going to see it, but no, I haven't yet, <laughs> but I am going to try and track it down if it's out there. Well, if, it just tag me in the tweet if you ever find it, because I haven't been able to find it. And I, I guess I need to reach out to some of my friends out in L.A. and um, see if they have access to it or something, you know. So I shall tag you in if I can track it down. Sounds good, man. Yeah. So, Stu, what have you watched that, that you haven't reviewed on your show? Any little gems? Well, that's unfair. That it's not a fair question to ask me. What have I not? What have I watched um, that I haven't reviewed on my show? <laughs> yeah. Considering I do a weekly show and we haven't done a podcast together for about a month, yes, right. so that's true. That's true. That that pretty much um, leaves me with nothing. Then bye. 
Oh, no, I mean, because you do, you generally do the charts, the cinema releases and stuff, but I know I watch films where I'll get them on Blu-ray, whatever, from the 70s or whatever, so they're rarely in the top 10 anything, unfortunately, so. Well, if that's the case, all I've got is two films that I've yet to review on my show, which I will be reviewing. Um, One film I'm reviewing in two weeks' time and one film I'm reviewing tomorrow. So um, that is British film Don't Knock Twice, mm-hmm. yep. which I'm reviewing in a couple of weeks' time. Um, it's got Katie Sackhoff in it. Yeah, right. it's 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 another one of those basic stories where um, a girl she was put up for adoption. Um, she, um, her mother decides to go. You know what? Why don't you come and spend a couple of days with us? But she's cursed the girl because she did this stupid thing where she was dared to go to this abandoned house knock on the door twice and which releases this malevolent spirit and the spirits attached herself onto onto the girl. Um, and so it's the mother trying to help the, her daughter and wondering why the spirit's attached to her daughter and how can she get this spirit away from her daughter. It's very down the road, middle of the road kind of stuff, stuff we've seen before, stuff that doesn't surprise you at all, stuff that's not very inventive at all. Um <laughs> Acting wise, it's average at best. Um, special effects wise, it looks like the the evil bad guy thing from Lights Out. So a copying from stuff like that. So it's just middly stuff. It's nothing special, but just very middle straight of the uh, line stuff. Um, and the other thing is, I'm reviewing it on tomorrow on my show. Tomorrow is Get Out. This the, is. I've seen the poster for that. Go on. Re- yeah, refresh my brain on that one. It's the Jordan Peele film. It's his directorial debut. He's a comedian, uh, Peele and Key, um, the the com- comedian mm-hmm. duo. Um, it's just about this um, this girl with a black boyfriend who takes um, him to visit the family. Um, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. You you discover all is not right um, there. I'm not going to give anything more aware of it. Um, right. It it's a film that. I think Peel knows the genre of horror very, very well mm-hmm. because it takes elements from different um, um, movies. It's got a very Dario Argento kind of feel. It's got feel of like Rosemary's Baby, a little bit mix mixture of that in there. Um, Suspiria, it's got a hints of that. It's got hints of Scream because it's got the humor of Scream. Because um, Scream was sort of like a good comedy horror. And but mm-hmm. it's got that it's got its sharp witty humor, but it's also got a couple of gags which made the um the viewing that I went to see it at, uh, people laugh out loud. Um and so it, it's nice to see that in a film where it marries it well rather than just throwing the comedy in there just to maybe have a little bit of a break from the horror. Um and then when it, it, it brings the horror back to the forefront in the last twenty minutes, it, it handles that really well, very much like Adam Adam Wingate's films or movies like um like your next and um, the guests or films like that or Ty West stuff like the innkeepers um, or um, house of the devil. It's got little hints of all that kind of stuff. So I I think he knows the genre really well. Um, I think he actually marries both comedy and horror really well. It's, it's predictable. You can predict where it's going. And I was surprised that a couple of people in the audience were, were shocked at uh, one of the reveals (laughs) in the film. And I was thinking, okay, that they actually just told you, what the reveal is going to be like five minutes prior and you're shocked about the reveal. They actually literally, they couldn't have made it any more apparent what the reveal was going to be. He could have just put the woman in Christmas tree lights. <laughs> and that's the only way you can make it more apparent. But right. so you can predict where the film is going, but considering the way it actually goes, um, yeah, it's a really good film. 
it's yeah. a very good start for him um, for considering it's his directorial debut and he's a comedian who's directing horror. So um, directing it really well. So wow. I know one of the the news things that released is that um, there's a new Halloween movie getting made by Danny McBride and Seth Gordon Green. <laughs> um, it's getting written by Seth Gordon Green and directed by Danny McBride. Wow. Um, which is interesting to see at the least because Danny McBride, you would never have thought directing a horror film, really. And then in yeah. turn around and seeing it's a 100% serious horror film. There is no humor in his new Halloween movie at all. And so it's it's making me slightly intrigued to see what his character is going to be like in Alien Covenant, just yeah. to, just to see because his character is supposed to be the slightly wisecracking a little bit, but not too much, um, mm -hmm. and see how he, he how he takes that role there. And I'm slightly interested to see what he does with Halloween because he can't do any worse than what Rob Zombie did. But <laughs> true, just to see what he does with that. But yeah, it's comedians doing something more serious, and I like it when that happens. When a comedian does something more serious, just to give them a different side of themselves. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Get Out is um, definitely worth a watch. It's amazing to me because I saw the trailer, and it just looked like something I would catch when it's on Netflix. But the number of people in my circles who have said, hey, I just saw that movie and it is phenomenal. Um, it surprised me. I was not expecting that kind of, uh, you know, the positive reviews from people, you know, that I, I hang out with. And I don't know why. It just looked like kind of stereotypical kind of stuff or whatever. But um, people have really liked it. So talking about Danny McBride and Alien Covenant, what do you guys think about the trailer? Because I'm not seeing anything new. I'm sure it will be great. It's got Ridley Scott at the helm. But, I mean, like, everything in there from the, the ship to the eggs to the creature. I mean, like, I don't know. You think we're going to see some new stuff? Is this, like, all the rest of the trailers that really didn't sum up? And I, I'm, I'm all for the trailers that keep a lot to hide but um, and inspire you to go see it without ruining the movie for you. Um, but, I mean, you know, what do you guys think about... Uh, the trailer. I mean, is it inspiring you guys to go to the theater or are you going to wait on it? Steve? Well, I'm definitely going to see it because I'm an insanely huge um, Alien fan. I <laughs> love the series. Even I appreciate Prometheus as well. A lot of people mm -hmm. bash that, but I appreciate Prometheus. Um, he has turned around and said, this is, you will definitely see the origin of the aliens, the xenomorphs in mm -hmm. that. And um, Bloody Disgusting has 100% confirmed this because they have actually seen the scene where you do mm -hmm. see the the birth of the Xenomorph. So mm -hmm. they, they, um, that is going to be the case with them, Covenant. I'm interested to see where it goes. I know um, Scott has turned around and said that he's not, now no longer going to let the Alien franchise go. He's he's latching onto that film um, <laughs> and he says he's got yeah. plans for five more. Oh, he's already Jesus. written the sequel, which is going to be supposedly called Alien Awakening. However, mm -hmm. it's not a sequel. It's a prequel to Covenant. <laughs> so the where it goes, Prometheus was originally a prequel prequel to Alien. So you've got Alien, right. Aliens, Alien 3, and Alien Resurrection. And when right. he created Prometheus, he says it was a prequel prequel to um, Alien. Right. Now, Alien Covenant is a sequel to Prometheus, so technically that would be a prequel to Alien and a sequel to Prometheus. However, Alien Awakening is going to be a prequel to Alien Covenant. So in that means, that means Prometheus is a prequel, prequel, prequel to Alien. <laughs> Alien Awakening is a prequel, prequel, but a sequel to Prometheus and a prequel to Alien Covenant. And Alien yeah. Covenant is the true prequel to Alien, and so it leads into that. 
<laughs> I mean, a, cu- a couple of things, Steve. First one is, can you say, say all that again, please, because I missed it. No, I'm kidding. But I, I would like, like a visual flowchart, which I'll try to create, but on Twitter. It, that, that, it, this is worse than trying to watch the fucking Marvel movies in the right timeline, isn't it? With, oh, no, you're watching them in the wrong order. Give me right, a break. Right. But can you imagine fun- our, yeah, can you imagine our kids later on, you know, like maybe 10 years down the road, Talking about how they're going to show their kids the, all the alien movies in what order. It's kind of like Star Wars. You do the original trilogy, then the prequels. Now the the ones that are coming out now, or do you know? Do you do you mix them up? Is it you know? So yeah, that's that is uh, that's complicated, man. The alien. I mean, yeah, a cu- there's a couple of points I've got. Is one <laughs> so Prometheus? I really liked. Right. I, I liked it when it was going to be an alien prequel, sequel, whatever the hell it was. I liked it when it wasn't anything to do with alien franchise, but then right. I liked it again when it was something to do with alien franchise, and it wasn't. I don't know whether it is or isn't. But then the sequel is coming out, Alien Covenant, which is a follow-up to Prometheus, but which wasn't an alien film, but then it was. I'm confused. He's doing so. Ridley may do five alien movies. No, no offense, Ridley, but you're like seventy-three or something. Seventy-two. Seventy-two. Is he really still going to be making alien movies when he's eighty-two? I don't you know? know, but the yeah. the worrying part is it's just that means we're not going to see Neil Blomkamp's I version know, exactly. of Alien, which that was going to be sandwiched in between two and three, and going to forget the outcomes of what happened in three and four with um, Alien Three and Alien Resurrection. So if you add Blomkamp stuff into it. Technically, his was going to be like Alien 2.5 in a way. Um, and it was going to actually have Ripley in it as well. So Sigourney Weaver was going to be in it and it was going to finish off Ripley's storyline. So it, it was, like I said, going to forget three and four, but it was going to finally finish off Ripley's storyline. So it's always going to leave the character of Ripley with the big question mark on her, where we want to actually finally just finish off the Ripley stuff and just. Yeah, I know you've got the ideas, Ridley Scott, of five films in the series, and you'll have three technically done before you turn the age of, like, 75. But (laughs) give it to somebody who's shown interest in bringing the series forward instead of going backwards in a way, because that's what prequels do. They go backwards. He wants to finish off the proper stuff, so let him bring that out and then do your prequels. Yeah. Just an idea, Ridley. And, well, and Ridley, we would, want to see your yeah. Monopoly movie. You know, <laughs> we, we need to see that one that you got the rights for. Jesus. Right. <laughs> but I mean, what if they do kind of like they've done the Star Wars franchise, where now Rogue One is a Star Wars story? So what if we have an alien story to wrap up the Ridley thing, and they can just every Christmas come out with another alien movie, right? Just like Star Wars, be the competition for the adults? Possibly. Do you not think, though, that it's, cinemas seem to be coming more like TV screens? Where <laughs> yeah. we're like, oh, I can't wait yeah. for a new episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, I can't wait for a new Star Wars movie. Oh, there'll right. be another one out in a couple of months. It's getting That's a bit, right. I feel sorry for the indie films, <laughs> yeah. which you you could barely see. Because you go into a multiplex and it's a there's a Marvel movie and a Star Wars movie and a bloody J.K. Rowling movie and a and a, a DC movie and all these and there'll be an Alien movie and you think where's the, yeah. where can you go see like a, an indie film like a, a Blue Ruin or, or a Green Room or something like that? Nope, no space yeah. for that. Too busy That's with franchises. Right. That's right. There's one theater in Charlotte that specializes in independent movies and it's not far from a friend's house. 
And he and his wife go every weekend and they see these independent movies that will probably never hit Netflix. But uh, they, they get to see kind of cinema in the raw, which is nice, versus all these huge chains that, like you say, I mean, it's whatever the latest Marvel movie is, the latest Star Wars, latest whatever. But they're, they're the big franchise movies that have millions just in advertising, you know? So Yeah, I have a cinema that's not far from where I live. Well, I wouldn't say not far, but it's it's easily accessible. Um, it's like a 25-minute train journey there, so it's not too mm-hmm. bad to get there, which um, specializes um, in small independent films. Um, Mm -hmm. It's actually quite old fashioned in a way as well, because the concession stand is actually in the screen itself. It's in the, um, it's right near to the bottom where the screen is. And it has the concession concession stand open. And as soon as the trailers are about to play, because you can still buy your stuff while the adverts are on. As soon Mm -hmm. as the trailers are about to play, it shuts the concession stand down. (laughs) So you can no longer get food and drink. So yeah. you need to get it before you, you, the trailers actually start. And I love that. It's an old-fashioned feel. It's, in, it's actually in a, a theater. Um, so it's a theater that's been turned into a cinema. And nice. um, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, it's got a little stage as well. And then the screen is just on there. And it has multiple screens. But it mainly specializes in films from like the Dardans or things like that. The, the smaller little French films. Or mm-hmm. it has seasons where it's based on like um, Jean-Pierre Jeunet and... Um, small Japanese movies or little tiny films that nobody would have seen before or Ghibli season or things like that. So, I'd, yeah, it, it's easily accessible. But cinema, it's a fickle place. Mm-hmm. But it, big blockbuster movies make money. So that's the reason why they're showing big, huge mm-hmm. amounts of screens. We went Definitely. to the cinema on Friday night and you know, it was me and Ed and Bob and we all went for some food first and came out and thought we'll just walk in and buy our tickets for Logan walked in it was like there is no space this is full of people what the frick is what the hell is, it was just wall-to-wall people and it was all these kids and parents going for beauty and the beast and it's the oh. first time i have seen a packed cinema in years up yeah here. and it was like at one point you know the queue was massive and it was one queue they have that annoying thing where the, the box office thing is also where you get your popcorn and stuff so I just want to buy a ticket. I don't want hot dogs and popcorn. So we're there for ages, and all of a sudden somebody went, no more tickets for Beauty and the Beast. And you can see all these depressed little kids going, oh, Mom. <laughs> and they got it. out of your way, right? They got out, and then the queue disappeared, and we went in to see Logan, which was still pretty busy, but yeah. Beauty and the Beast looks to be making uh, quite a chunk of money. $170 so. million it made in the opening weekend in America. Wow. Wow. So what do you you guys think about this reimagining of Beauty and the Beast as part live action, part CG? They're talking about doing Lion King in the same way, which I don't, you know, I mean, I realize Jungle Book was big. You had a human actor surrounded by a whole bunch of CG environment and characters and all. But Lion King will be nothing but realistic looking animals. There's no humans in that story, right? So get get real lions. Never mind CG, (laughs) get real ones. So in other words, you want Born Free. Yes. Yeah. What was the name of that movie that they shot at some lion preserve? I think it was in California, and or maybe it wasn't. But anyway, but I mean, like, people were mauled. Oh, Roar. Yeah, there you go. It was so, Melanie Griffith was in that one. That's like an old it. film, isn't it? People are getting savaged, actually, on camera. So I want to watch that. That's mental. I mean, you're talking yeah, about 
PTSD from that point on. You know, it's like, gosh, she was a great actress, but, you know, uh, now she has the shake. She can't be around any animals at all, you know? Jeez. Every single time a cat meows, she runs out the door. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> She can't even watch Top Cat. It's just it's traumatic. It's terrible. That's right. <laughs> hey, put, so a question for you. Going back to you said that you have a theater that's also, you know, like it's um, you have a stage and all that. After the trailers, do, do the curtains still close and then open up for the movie? No. Oh. Man, see, that's what I grew up with. And I remember one of the first times I observed, and this was probably 15 years ago, that I observed that that is no longer happening. It went from trailers to the movie, but the movie was shot with, I don't know, like a red camera or something. And it, it just had that kind of video quality. And I thought it was a ad for like the army or some military group, right. Trying to recruit. And I was like, Oh wait, no, there's that actor. And Oh, wait a minute. The movie started. I wasn't even aware of it. And I always, I just thought that had, that gave respect to the movie. And the filmmakers, when they would close the curtains and then they'd open it back up. Granted, it, it takes time, but I just thought that was kind of cool. But they don't do that anymore. We have uh, you know, a bunch of you know, Q&A stuff uh, to ask, you know, like, hey, have you seen this TV show and who played such and such and whatever. And then they have the trailers and then they have the movie. But it's just all kind of packed in there like you're watching TV. I'm actually thinking about putting curtains across the front of my TV screen. Yeah, Just having a little drawstring, so when um, I'm going to watch something, I will right. and have the Pearl and Dean. Ba, 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 ba. I'm loving that, I'm bringing it back. Right, that would be awesome, man. And then you can um, you can have a live cam, right? And then then we can be watching the movie with you through Periscope, right? Exactly. It's oh, just like piracy. It's- it's just like the way um, film is actually shot these days as well, with a pretty pretty much um, 90% of all movies that's released in cinemas and theatres is all shot on digital right. and not film. Um, I know the new film, The Lost City of Z, or Z, is actually mm-hmm. entirely shot on film. So I, uh-huh. I want to now definitely see it because of that. I love movies that are shot on film because they, they do have that more th- authentic look rather than being slightly more fake. Uh, there's a yeah. brilliant documentary which is um, which was directed by Keanu Reeves and narrated by him called Side by Side, mm-hmm. which definitely definitely people should watch. That um, was released in like 2012, 2013, and it was just about him exploring the death of film and the rise of digital and how the fact that he loves movies shot on film. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely seek that documentary out. Definitely worth a watch. But I love seeing films that that are shot on film, 35 millimeter. And mm-hmm. th- th- I, I'm only going to see the Lost City of Zed because of that mm-hmm. it's shot on film. <laughs> now, if the Great Wall came out and that had been shot on film, would you be excited to go watch that one? The Matt Damon no. fighting yeah, dragon. No, because, because <laughs> I, I've seen the Great Wall and its pants. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I don't understand about that movie is he's already played Jason Bourne. So why does he want to play? Um, I, I don't even know anything about his character, but he sounds a bit just like it, his high pitched voice, like, well, look after the wall or something. I don't know, man. And I, I just, and then there's dragons and then there's, I don't know, chaos. I don't know. That's one of those. I don't think unless either of you go see it and say, John, you should watch it. I think I will skip that forever. I don't think I'm going to, even if I'm bored, there's always 
you know, something else to. There's always I, We Are the Flesh that you could that's watch right. probably before <laughs> the Great Wall. I remember seeing the trailers for it and, and just like, why would anybody want to watch this? I like Matt Damon. I'm not an anti Matt Damon person by right. any means, and I like You're action films, but I'm right. like, I don't know. I have no interest in watching this film whatsoever, and I still don't. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. It just um, it just seems overblown and pointless. Exactly, that should be on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> overblown and pointless by waxing cinematic. That's it. Yeah, man, that's how we garner fans like Matt Damon, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, at least he didn't read that out as best winner at the Oscars. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I I have watched Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah, did you the... find them? Um, yeah, they're all over the screen, actually. I thought there was going to be a mystery about where are these beasts and will I be able to track them down, but they're kind of all over the place from a suitcase, really, aren't they? So there was no plot. <laughs> I'm, I'm so not an Eddie Redmayne fan, just in general. I've never met the guy, but I just don't like him. I don't know why. There's just something about him that annoys me. Um, I've not seen the Stephen Hawking film yet, even though everybody says it's good, but it's got Eddie Redmayne in it. I did see him in Jupiter Ascending, which is probably what annoys me about Eddie Redmayne. His character was awful in that. But yeah. Fantastic Beasts, I did. I really enjoyed it. It was really good. It was fun. Wow. So is it, I mean, like, that would be appropriate to watch with um, my younger kids? Oh, definitely, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I'll, I'll, I try to find something for, like, family viewing for Friday nights. And so I'll I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's good. Mm. Um, I found. What else did I watch? I watched. Um, are you familiar with Louis Theroux, John? That sounds familiar. I don't know why though. He is a British documentary maker, and he will. Uh, God bless him. He looks kind of like a, if Harry Potter was a lot older. So if Harry <laughs> Potter was like thirty-five <laughs> and skinnier. And right. then had a baby with Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Not Mr. Burns. <laughs> uh, Ned Fl- Flanders. Right. Had like a bit. So he's he's not an imposing figure by any means, but he does all these documentaries, and he will just put himself. He'll go. I'm going to interview serial killers, or I'm going to go interview pedophiles, and I'm going to tell right. them how stupid they are. And you're like, you're going to get. Ki- I'm going to go speak to street gangs in Compton. You know, that right. type of thing. And you think, one day I'm going to get up and there'll be a headline going, Louis Theroux shot in the head while making a documentary type thing. Right. And so he did one called My Scientology Movie, which oh is God. pretty much really? him coming, going over to the States <laughs> and going, I'm going to lift the lid on this whole Scientology lark and I'm going to see right. what it's all about. And they start tailing him and they, they start stalking him and right. threatening him. He don't care. He's not bothered. No. It's, it's really good. We sat and watched it last night. Tom Cruise doesn't make an appearance in the film. No shock there. But uh, right. Have you seen that one, Steve? Nope. Are, are you a fan of Louis Theroux? Nope. Oh, why Why don't you like Mr. Theroux? He's an arrogant prick. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah I could probably see why people think that. Yeah, yeah he, he's just too arrogant. He just doesn't care. No, He's, he just does not care. People will go. You need to leave now. We're going to shoot you. He's like, you're not going to shoot me. But like, if if he was built like the Rock, you go. Fair enough. You've got a point. But he's a skinny little dude. Yeah. And you think one day somebody? I'd be surprised if he hasn't been punched in the face repeatedly right. uh, on on documentaries. The only time I actually liked him was when he did that documentary on the Westboro Baptist Church because those fuckers deserve to be wiped yes. off the planet. He did. Yeah, he yeah. did a doc. He's done a couple of documentaries with them where he's just going, "Yeah, you're wrong. 
And then you're like, you're gonna, Louis, you're gonna die. They're gonna kill you. I, I loved him for that because, I, like I said, that those pricks just deserve to be absolutely wiped off the planet. Did yeah, you? yeah. Did so yeah, check out some Louis Theroux. Um, All right. Is he on Netflix or, or will I have to, you know, no, possibly. the internet for it? Okay. There, there may be. His documentaries, if you search for him, then <laughs> his names are usually in the title because he's done a lot of series like Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends or Louis Theroux Meets Somebody or Other or you know, yeah. that type of thing. So, But yeah, he's gone into supermax prisons and everything. You think, Jesus, I don't want that job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so what else have you watched then, John? You know, that's really about it. I've been trying to keep up with my CW shows like Arrow, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. And um, I, I jettisoned the whole keeping up with Supergirl. That was just, I, I didn't like that show. It felt too much like something that would be on a, a I don't know. It, it just, there were too many things. I just, it felt like a soap opera. So, um, and really the only one I'm keeping up with now is Legends of Tomorrow. That's the only one I'm really current with just cause it's fun. It's one of those mindless things. I, you know, and I, I don't know if you guys watch that show, but there was one episode, I think it was back in January where, you know, they're always having to go back and correct the timeline, right? There'd be like this time rift thing. And uh, they had George Lucas on there, and um, and it was a younger, it was an actor, of course. But anyway, it was just hilarious because once I saw this dude with the hair and the beard, and he's kind of talking with a higher voice, and you know, I was like, man, that's 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 like a you know direct rip off of George Lucas, and it turns out that was the character George Lucas. So anyway, <laughs> it's fun. I mean, like you know, it, it's. Don't uh, try to overthink it, and it's just you know, and don't don't try to figure out why it's okay to change some things in the timeline and not others, and all that. But yeah, man, it's it's fun. Um, Arrow is still fun when I can watch it. Same thing with the Flash, but uh, Legends just it cracks me up every week consistently. Cool. Yeah. Did we um, did we talk about a film on the the Drive By podcast that we did the other week? Landmine goes <laughs> click. Can we talk no. about that one? Have you seen that one, Steve? Nope. Nope. It's on Netflix, and it's kind of all in the title, basically. You've got three people <laughs> out walking in the middle of Russia or whatever. They're all on holiday. You've got right. two guys and a girl. The guy and the girl are engaged, and the other guy is uh, the best friend of the girl. But, oh, <laughs> he'd been fooling around with the girl. So, <laughs> fiancé, not too happy about that. He gets right. them all to pose for a picture. To, to commemorate this wonderful holiday and he kind of makes it so the guy who's been misbehaving he yep he's standing on a landmine <laughs> so he's pretty much he takes his foot off he gets blown up that's the premise of the movie right um <laughs> I, and now you know that people in sort of horror movies this thing was shown at some of the fright fest things you know that people generally in horror movies are very friendly and they will help um a girl in distress who's trying to right. get this guy off a landmine nope they sort of abuse her so there's a lot of nasty people going, yep, I'm going to take advantage of this situation. Clever <laughs> film. Clever film. <laughs> well, I'll have to check it out. It's, uh, it, I, I always appreciate these movies that, I, I mean, it sounds like a low-budget movie to me. Um, so the fact that you probably have one location, just a few actors, and uh, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Not a family film, though. Don't be putting that one on in front of youngest. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stu, what else have you got? What's uh, any news going on that's exciting other than the Matrix being rebooted potentially? Yeah, you it's know, not I a re- reboot. It's um, it is a prequel. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan set to play him. Yeah, 
which I think that'll work. I think he's a great actor, and I was I didn't think a reboot would work. I just thought that was stupid. We see too much of that already. But yeah, a prequel that would be awesome. Or let's just have some more Matrix stories as long as they make sense. I think that world definitely needs more exploration. Well, I heard the story though because originally the story broke. Oh, they may be rebooted the Matrix. I'm like, why right. the hell are they rebooting that? It's only been oh shit, it's 18 <laughs> years old now. Oh crap, maybe they can reboot it if they want. I didn't realize how old that film was. Now it's like, yeah. oh, I, f- I feel old. But it still stands. I mean, that was the the thing that I mean, like you think about Bullet Time and how many movies then mimicked it, even down to Shrek, you know, and so. <laughs> Why, you know, I mean, yeah, okay, now we can do it with CG. I mean, like, that's the equivalent of Agent Smith in the second one, that uh, sequence where there were so many Agent Smiths on Neo and the whole thing looked like a PS2 game. But it just, you know, just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should do it. So I was glad to hear today that it's a uh, prequel. So. Check out John sounding like Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. I know. I almost hey. it, man. Yeah. <laughs> And Hollywood would make less dumb movies if they would just take that into account. That's that needs to be their slogan, their mantra that, you know, before they they pitch any movie to the execs who have the money, uh, you know, they need to think about that. And John, John, this needs to be a thing in Hollywood where we can you could even do it as short films where you've got the executives at Paramount going, we're going to reboot Top Gun. And then Jeff Goldblum (laughs) kicks the door down. He's like, you need to think about whether you're. No, just because you could. And then he just leaves. Right. (laughs) Hell yeah. Is it the clip or do I need to use my resources to actually find Mr. Goldblum and see if he'd be in my short films? And I can do a string of them. I'll just have him busting indoors and then we'll, you know, we'll we'll have the uh, execs in every room and we'll go visit Paramount and Sony and Warner Brothers. <laughs> yep. All of them. Every time we get one sniff of a reboot or whatever that we don't like, we'll have Jeff in his black leather jacket just That's kicking right. the door down <laughs> and doing his thing and then just leaving. That would work. That that would work. That would make yep. me happy, man. That would it give would. everybody a good laugh. So if, uh, if, if Neil if Neil yeah. Johnson if Neil Johnson knows Jeff Goldblum, uh, Neil, so get that sorted. Thank you. Yeah, man. Much appreciated. What, drop me drop me a good. DM. <laughs> yep, I'll I'll head out to LA uh, sometime this year, and we can do coffee, and and you can invite Jeff. How's that? <laughs> Hell yeah, done. But that's that series of short films sorted. Brilliant. That's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, no, we we have all been on a podcast together. We did the uh, running a film studio show together. That's right. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yep. I do Which so I- many podcasts, I forget half the time when I'm on them, <laughs> let alone anybody else. And Stu, I know what you're talking about in that back when I was doing the Waxing Cinematic uh, every Monday morning, there were times where I'd, uh, you know, do the podcast from page to screen and talk about what I had either talked about or would be talking about. And after a while, it's like, wow, this is an alternate timeline or something. So. Yep. It's like Rick and Morty or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, but no, I don't. I don't even know if it's an age thing or whatever, but half the time I'd be like, oh, well, I've watched this, and be like, yeah, we talked about that last time. <laughs> I still remember that one time you had that moment where you were like, wait a minute, we've already talked about this, and you're being kind. Wait a minute, what's... Because <laughs> I was going to let you talk about it again. You know, it's, it's all right, man. You're like, let's, let's see if this story changes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll tell a very, very funny story. Annette and I, the other day, were waiting at the bus stop. And mm-hmm. we're obviously waiting for a bus as you do at a bus stop. And this little sports car pulled up. 
and there was a woman in the car, and she went, oh, do you need a lift to your workplace? And <laughs> she knew the workplace, so we're like, okay, right. we'll sleep north or somewhere. So <laughs> we're like, yeah, that'll be wonderful, thank you. So I'm sat in the back of the car, and that's sat in the front. We're driving to work, and I'm like, I think this woman is the one that cuts my hair, I think, who's in the same <laughs> town as me. My right. God, she's, she's got a good memory. If I remember, that's pretty impressive. Never mind. So we're chatting, and we're like, I'm house business. She went, oh, it's all right. I just thought I'd do a bit of overtime. I'm thinking, okay, it's half seven in the morning. I'm getting a little bit confused here, but never mind. But there's lots of hairdressy type stuff in the back, which gave right. me a clue. So we we drove to work, and you know, she uh, she went, thank you, bye, see you later. And Annette and I, at the exact same time, turned to each other and went, who the fuck was that? We didn't know. We didn't know. We'd, we'd got into the car of a stranger. And it turns out that she works at the same place we do, but neither of us know her. We don't know where we knew her from. Right. And we're confused. I'm like, I now know what it's like to have sort of Alzheimer's disease or something right. in a mild form. I'm like, I'm sitting in the back of a car. I genuinely have no clue who this person is. So we had to ask around, go, do you know who drives that car? And we eventually found out it was somebody right. that works there. So I just sent an email going, oh, thanks for the lift. <laughs> Not a clue. We could have been killed or anything. Right. So, it, those, those hair cuttering <laughs> things could have been uh, instruments of death. It could have been. That's why I made sure Annette sat in the front of the car. Right. That's, you know, that way she'd probably get it first and I could try and save her. That's right. Uh, <laughs> or you could jump out. The... <laughs> right. Yeah, but I didn't really think that through properly because it was only a two-door car, so I'd be stuck in the back. Right. So I didn't really think that one through properly. So I right. should have sat in the front, but... Yeah, I, I would do podcasts often enough and then go, I've watched this, and I've already right. talked about it. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. So, <laughs> Stu, what have you been up to? How's the podcasting world going? Um, I've streamed it back a little bit because my work has been a bitch, so. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, amazing it's pretty... what that will do. You you know, the, the paycheck is great, but on the other hand, you're constrained. Yep. So, yeah, um, I've had to stream it back just a smidge. But, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Show's still chugging along, as usual, every Monday night at half past nine now. All right, okay, you've sort of bumped it. Yeah, that was was me who had to do that because I don't finish work until 8 o'clock at night anyway, so I had to move it to half past nine. So that's my fault on that front. But at least we could start on time now. Exactly, (laughs) because a lot of the time when you were starting at nine o'clock, you weren't starting at nine o'clock, you were starting at half nine. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, being late. Terrible. Yep. Damn. You weren't quite as echoey on the latest show either. I might Good. Answer. Hopefully that's been sorted out. It sounded like Stu was recording in a church. <laughs> it's like the voice of the movie gods. Yep. Just right. raining down on everybody going, watch, don't watch Fifty Shades Darker. It's <laughs> no. I was listening to one of your shows, Stu, and is it right you've never seen a Bridget Jones movie? Nope. Oh, you are fortunate. <laughs> now watch the first one the first one's good the second one's bloody awful and the third one I've not bothered watching because the second one sucked but the first one was quite good John yeah and out, really? of, the Dan, out of the Dan Brown stuff uh, Inferno is the only one I've seen what yeah so I haven't I, yeah I haven't seen the other two what did you it, think of Inferno though absolutely atrocious oh right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's because you've not seen the other two yeah I haven't seen the other two uh Damn. So I mean, the, the, have, you, have you seen them all, John? The Dan Brown stuff? No. <laughs> what, what's the matter? What, you, you all do a film podcast. How can you not have seen Tom, 
these two <laughs> glorious Tom Hanks films. There are gaps in my movie stuff, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, mine. Uh, Dude, you're I'm talking s- to the guy who watched Bosch Season 2 before Season 1. He, I, I'm gonna... he did. <laughs> I was bored, man. And, and I think it was Amazon or whatever was saying, hey, watch this. And I'm like, okay. So, yeah, I was like, this is really great. Oh, wait a minute. This is Season 2, so... <laughs> John's like, I need something, and then I can watch it. Watch season one as a prequel. So and just it watched it the wrong way around. It works. It, it filled in every gap. Yeah. Yeah, it does work. Bosch season three is out this year, though, so I'm super yeah. excited about that. Yeah. So it's almost like the Alien franchise. I'm jumping all over the place. But, you know, Jesus. as long as they don't have a Rubik's Cube that uh, projects onto the wall, then I'm good, man. You know? Yeah, there's also no face huggers in, uh, in Bosch that I know of. There might be in season three, but. I don't know. That one chick was a Klingon, was she not? As far as... <laughs> yes, she was. <laughs> she was indeed. Have you checked out uh, what's is it Iron Fist, which is a new, no. is it a new Marvel thing or whatever? Is that a Marvel one? Yeah, it is. It's Netflix. It's Marvel, and he will be a part of the Defenders. And they're saying that this is the first uh, Marvel series that Netflix has done that is awful. And I haven't seen it yet. And I'm not going to oh, let that no. change it. But, no. I mean, like, it was they uh, really awful, awful reviews everywhere. But, I, I mean, like, is it from people who are big Iron Fist fans and they're disappointed with this betrayal? Or were they expecting something else? I don't know. I mean, watch Suicide Squad. Then watch that. And it's probably okay. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. One of these days, I'm going to let go of Suicide Squad, but that was just disappointing. So, yeah. see, I went in with low expectations of Suicide Squad because any film. I, I mean, I respect film editors, but when your film is being edited by a trailer editor, right. not, I don't really have high hopes. He should have just let yep. David Ayer do his own stuff and put his yeah. film out. So, you know, it's funny you should say that. Bring up the whole trailer editor. Um, because that was exactly the vibe when the whole thing started off and it's like, okay, we're going to have this one song play. Okay, that's pretty cool. And then we're going to meet a character. That song's going to stop. We're going to start another song to meet this next character. Okay, well, that's kind of weird. And then stop that so we can start. So it's like the jukebox. It's like everybody has their own theme song. And it's not cool stuff like Darth Vader's theme song. This is like, I mean, and all the music was grand, but... Did we really have to start and stop for each character? No, but that—that that was the first of the uh, disjointed feeling in that movie. But I, I digress. And it so, was true; it was film trailer <laughs> editors that actually edited it as well. So that wasn't even a flipping comment. That's who did it, right? Which is just wrong. That's why I'm waiting for the re- reviews of Wonder Woman before I even <laughs> think about going to see that because I, I like the DC movies, but they've got too much of a history of interfering in their own movies. So, oh yeah. You know, I'm going to wait. Well, the fact that the trailer, I'm not a big fan of uh, that, whatever, that 80s metal guitar thingy. Now, I'm a big 80s fan of rock and metal. Don't get me wrong. But when, you know, it's like a classical kind of trailer for Wonder Woman. And then it's just, why? (laughs) Why? What what is that? And they did the same crap. It was in Batman versus Superman. Where, okay, they're finally going to fight the big bad guy, and then, that's, why? Why do you want to, it's just crapped in there, man. I, I don't that, know. That's the, uh, it's the Tom Holkenberg side of things, isn't it? I guess. Either, either that or the blind guitarist from Mad Max. Hey, he got to eat, is not he? He's got to <laughs> eat. Just, that's where he's come from. But you know what? It was cool when they were doing 120 through the desert, and he was strapped on that top of that truck, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> did you uh, did you check out the podcast where it was the favourite movie tracks that Sean and I have done? Have you listened to those yet? Or are they on your back burner? Yeah, I'm going to listen to that um, probably tomorrow on the way to work. But I sometimes I see your post and then sometimes I don't. So Merlage said something like I, I I don't even know what she was referring to. I think it was that little 20 minute thing that you and I did the other day. And so then I was looking to see what I had missed, and I had missed several of your podcasts. So I'll be catching up this uh, week on the way to or from work. Yeah, I think three seven. God, which one was it? I think three seven two was was Sean's choices, mm-hmm. and then the entire music tracks are in there. So nice. I thought iTunes are going to kick my ass for that, but they haven't. Probably, it's <laughs> fine. Um, right. And then 373 was the one that you and I did where you just sent me a tweet going, let's podcast, right. kind, of, kind of like tonight. I'm, like, I'm not turning down a chance to podcast with John. So right. we did that. And then 374 was my music choices. And then Neil Johnson had listened to 372 and he went, that, you know, I really enjoyed that music show. You should do more of those. Yeah. And then I knew that Stu and I were going to record tonight. So I'm going to end up with a big pile of bloody podcasts to upload. So I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> I could have six weeks off at this rate. But I thought, you know what, Neil really enjoyed the show, so I thought I'm just going to upload the two episodes and play catch-up and then nice. get them up. So I put them up midweek, which is what my launch was referring to. She's like, hey, it went up on a Wednesday. So there was two went up on the Wednesday um, and then one the previous weekend, and this one will go up tomorrow. So I'm just playing yeah. catch-up. So That's awesome, man. But, uh, and then I've got yours, which will be 376, I think. Will nice. be your music choices so you you don't really have to listen to that because I'm pretty sure you remembered what you said when you said it because you were there. I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, did I really say that? What in the what? Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> when Sean and I were doing hours because we did three shows in one night, right. we did probably about an hour worth of catching up. What have you watched? Blah blah blah. blah. Right. And then I said, right, what I'm going to do now, Sean, is you you can introduce the tracks that you're going to do. And then I'll quickly tear through mine, and then I'll edit the two shows, and then right. it's all done. So we spent about 35, 40 minutes talking about his choices. Mm-hmm. and Because he was just telling stories about this and that, and when he was hanging around with Hans Zimmer, and Hans was, <laughs> he was talking about scores, and I'm like, okay. So then I went on to mine, and I didn't really have any stories to tell other than I love this track, and I bought a CD. So mine was a, mine was about fifteen minutes worth of dialogue, and his was far more interesting, which was about thirty five forty minutes. So his shows right. just short of two hours, and I think mine's maybe an hour and a half because right. it turns out a lot of the tracks I chose were like ten minutes each, and had about ten of them. So there's a lot of music in there. Um, so I'm not sure on the running time for yours, right. but I'll I'll know that when I've done it. <laughs> I have so, no but, idea, man. I sat down and knocked out the. I'd made notes or whatever, and then I just you know kind of went with it or whatever when I was recording. I don't even remember what I said, so it's probably kind of would be kind of cool for me to actually listen. And you know, certainly I like the music that I talked about, so that that would be entertaining on the way to work. So. <laughs> well, it was a podcast. That it was actually Stu Miller's co-host Andy, who were, I was chatting with him like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And we said, oh, we need to do one about favorite movie soundtracks. And we just yeah. got into it. So it's always sat in the back of my head. And then when Sean and I have been doing our podcast, he's mentioned that he's a big fan of music. So I'm like, mm-hmm. let's finally, let's do these podcasts. So we did. So yeah, that was good. So that's, I'm not really doing well at scaling back podcasts. Kind of opposite, really. <laughs> that's, that's better to be productive than, you know, it's like what happened to waxing cinematic. Well, uh, Jake and Eric now do the Star Trek waxing uh, cinematic 
oh, what is it called? I even did the uh, the logo for them. I, I can't remember. But anyway, but it, it's all about Star Trek and um, talking about the different episodes and stuff. So, yeah. I, I see that appear on my feed, and yep. I'll listen to Jake talk about films right. or, or go off on a rant or whatever. I <laughs> um, listen cool, to Eric right? chat as well. Yeah, right. he's been known. But it's a lot of the Star Trek episodes and the Buffy stuff, and I've not seen them. So do right. I... I still download them, so you're getting the figures, guys. But it's like, do I listen to them if I've not seen those episodes? Am I going to be able to appreciate those episodes if I've not even seen that t- television series right. or whatever. Yeah. So that's my dilemma on that one. But, you know, yeah. they're, getting the, they're getting the numbers because I'm downloading it on a couple of devices. So well, that, that's, that's, cool. that's very nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so is Waxing Cinematic, is that on an unnamed hiatus at the minute? or? Uh, pretty much. Uh, Jake and I are still trying to figure out when to make time for that because Jake works a different schedule that I, I, I'm working – uh, pretty much nine to five, Monday through Friday. And then Jake works some weekends and then other weekends he's off, but it, or he's off on Monday. So it's, it's really complicated. I think we have decided that perhaps we should just try to Skype it in the same way that, you know, we we're doing this one. And, um, instead of doing it live via Periscope and, um, oh my gosh, stream with the dot and whatever else. And, just simply have, uh, you know, instead of having the live audience, it's just all recorded just to be able to knock some episodes out because we uh, I, I think there's even some that are still sitting on my computer that I have to edit out some of the political rants, uh, which would you know knock out one third of the content links. Um, but yeah, I still need to put those up and then are they even relevant? You know, it's it's not like we were uh, having that futurist mindset where we were talking about movies that would be coming out these are all things we're talking about that are current and now they're six months old so so would you be there going oh i hope donald trump doesn't get in <laughs> oh. no, i would cut uh. that out that would have been jake <laughs> like 20 minutes per episode it was awesome man which i appreciate his passion i'm not trying to make fun of him but oh my gosh there was that one episode where heather and i were both just trying to get him to jump to a different topic you know what i mean and i remember her she would type on the screen right and she's like jake you're an old, you're a grumpy old man, or something like that. It was funny, but we, I couldn't, I couldn't get him off the tracks, man. <laughs> a taser, a taser gun usually works. <laughs> yeah, either that or a, a reboot, right? You just hit that uh, the power button for five seconds, and then he reboots, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got. I don't know whether you're familiar with The Walking Dead, but Lucille in The Walking Dead would probably work, which is a, <laughs> you know it. You know oh, Lucille yeah. would, would oh, sort yeah. that out. Maggie, I'll find you. Really? Dude, really? <laughs> Popeye, yep. Exactly. I'm still up to date. I've, I've sussed out The Walking Dead, though. I've now... Because there's a lot of episodes where nothing happens. And people get really annoyed. And the Walking Dead is a soap opera. Yeah. And yeah. in soap operas, something doesn't happen every single episode. Doesn't happen at all. So if you watch The Walking Dead as a soap opera, it's fine. Yeah. But then, then at that rate, you can kind of zip through parts of the episode and uh, get on and, you know, just watch the encapsulated version. They, they have that on YouTube, and then you're caught up, right? All you need to do is watch the previously on at the beginning. <laughs> you go, all right, that's fine, because it'll show right. you all the highlights. But The Walking right. Dead is back now after its season break, blah, blah, blah. Right. And at the end of the season break last time, they're like, oh, next season it's going to be war. It's all going to kick off. <laughs> this pretty much entire second half of the season is like, 
we're preparing to go to war. Yeah, where is it? Where is this war? It's not. Right. They they just make all these episodes to make you keep watching them, so you right. come back next. Nothing happens. It's like just come on, give it a, something needs to happen. It's not happened so far. Other than Pollyanna McIntosh, who's one of my favorite actresses, she's now in The Walking Dead, which is awesome. Wow. So I yeah, I've got quite a good sort of connection with The Walking Dead because I've obviously sat in front of the cast. Right. Um, I'm Twitter friends with at least two of the cast members. And so, you know, I have a, a fond thing. Pollyanna was on my podcast, so one of the Walking Dead cast members has been on this show. So nice. Cool. You need to get her back on there. She'll be like, no, I'm in The Walking Dead now. <laughs> nope. Sorry. <That> in- <laughs> no, I'm sure, she that- I'm sure she would. Did you know that she is 5 feet 11 inches tall? That's pretty impressive. Yes, she used to be a model as well. I'm not surprised. Yeah. She's got a very unique look. But yeah. a lot of, if you've not seen the film The Woman, you need to check that out. It's amazing. Not a family-friendly film, <laughs> but a really, really good film. So yep. I will check that out. <laughs> yeah. So over the films you've watched the past few weeks, Stu, what would you recommend John watch? What can he add to his list of things that you would recommend? Um, get out. I was not okay. going to be rude. I was only asking. But yeah, get out. That's... Yeah. Definitely go and see that. Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to think what I'd put on the list. Um, I can't remember. I watched this weird horror film called Voodoo the other day, which is quite weird and quite yeah. creepy. So that was all right. Um, Fantastic Beasts and My Scientology but yeah some, anything with Louis <laughs> Theroux in check out if you can find the one where he goes to visit the Westboro Baptist bunch of idiots that is that is a really good one alright so and, check that one out and if you haven't seen it please watch A Monster Calls I adore that yeah. movie it's good that film is phenomenal I will agree with that it should have got more Oscar love Yep, it won um, the Empire Film Awards this tonight, and it won the best sci-fi fantasy film at the Empire Film Awards, which I was happy about. Good, good, good. And Train Spotting Two's out in America, John. Go watch that. Really? Okay. Only opened in I think six theaters, six screens or something like that. So very, very limited release. Um, I think so it's getting expanded next week, maybe more. But so it, if yeah, you have to drive 16 hours, John, it's worth it. It's good for <laughs> Yeah. Let's go watch it. <laughs> really good. Hopefully I can find it somewhere in Charlotte. <laughs> I'm going to be watching Rogue One in the next week or so. I've not seen that yet. So that's finally hitting Blu-ray and stuff. So Yeah. I'm looking at American one, of course. But uh, I'm looking forward to watching that one. So, it was good. Um, yeah, cool. I got, you? you guys will probably be familiar with these films. But we have a company over here called Arrow, which are awesome. And when's this coming out? When's it? 27th of March, the complete collection of House. Not the TV series, yeah. but the old horror movies from the <laughs> 80s and 90s and stuff. Four House movies, all with a shit ton of extras, like commentaries and all sorts. Do you remember the House movies, John? You must No. No. <laughs> I don't. No. When were they out? Oh, God, when's well, I'll have to look at it now. Late 70s, early 80s, I think. Yeah, yeah sort of mid-80s, I, I think, were yeah. the first one. I, I, um, it looks like out. I would have, because I, I went to see a bunch of horror movies back in you know in the, in the late 80s, and I don't know, it looks like I, I would have seen that. I'm trying to find out. It doesn't actually say on the press release. 
85, yeah. Lance Henriksen, one of them. William Cart, all sorts. Brian James. Yeah. Yep, tons of them. 85. Of, I remember the first one, second one, third one coming out, but I didn't know they did a fourth one. Hmm. So I'm going to be sitting watching a bunch of house movies. Yeah. So, yep, yeah, I do like that company called Arrow, which is kind of the equivalent of Scream Factory, I think, in the States. So just <laughs> right. dig up these old sort of classic movies, give a, an amazing video audio transfer to them, put more extras than you can poke sticks at, and mm-hmm. then just put them out, and they're, they're pretty amazing. So, yeah, that's my homework for the week, I think. <laughs> I have a little quiz for you before we disappear. Ooh, okay. I've done one for a while. Yeah, we haven't done a horror podcast for a while, and even yeah. this technically isn't horror one, it's a bit of a mix. So. Yeah, so I just thought I would do one quick one. Um, I've got a list of 13 films in front of me. All you've just got to tell me is if they're real or fake. Simple <laughs> as that. All right. Yeah. They're all horror films as well, so um, some of them I've made up, some of them are actually real. Yeah. So just real or fake, simple as that. So the first one, The Dancing Dead, real or fake? <laughs> Real. I would I would say real, yeah. It's fake. I made that one up. Oh. <laughs> it just sounded like something they would have come up with. Yeah, I mean, like jo- George Romero meets Lala. <laughs> sort of um, second one. I dismember Mama. Real oh, or that's, fake? That's real. That, yeah, it's real. That's real. It's also called Poor Albert. Can I just say I want to do a film called La La Land of the Dead? I'm just saying I want to do that one. You know, I I put Dancing rush. Dead on the list, man. I want to see what I can come up with. <laughs> yep. Um, the third one, The Crying Wolf, real or fake? Fake. I think that's real. It's fake. I came up with that one. <laughs> it just that sounds like a dull movie, doesn't it? Crying Wolf. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, the fourth one, Please Don't Eat My Mother, real or fake? Wow, sounds like a porn movie. Um, <laughs> um, real. I say fake. It's real. It's from 1973. Have you seen it? Nope. No, doesn't, it doesn't sound like a great film, actually, does it? Um, number five, Splatter Disco. Real or fake? <laughs> Please let that be fake. I don't know. I kind of like oh. it. I kind of like it to be real. <laughs> It's real. It's from 2007. Oh Got Splatter Disco. Splatter Disco. <laughs> Amazing. Is that the new uh, Nintendo Wii game or something? I don't know. That sounds a bit... Possibly. Considering that Nintendo have not made a Wii game in quite a few years, but possibly. <laughs> Wii, are, Wii U game. They're onto the Switch now and they discontinued the Wii U last year. They had a switch with the wonderful malfunctioning left Joy-Con, apparently. I've got a Nintendo oh. Switch. Mine works oh, wh- fine. Are you impressed with it? Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. Mine works you... fine. I've, I've had no problems with it at all. Is the only game that you're playing Zelda? Zelda and Snipperclips. <laughs> and what? Sn- sniff what? Snipperclips. It's a puzzle Snip- game. One person <laughs> oh, okay. plays one shape, the other person plays the other shape, and you've got to cut bits out of you to actually make the full shape on the screen. It's actually pretty have, cool. Have you played it, obviously played it as a console and as a handheld? How are yes. you finding that whole, using it as love a it. thing? Love it. Cool. Absolutely love it. Works brilliantly. Cool. Um, what more on do? Um, next one, number six. It started with a scream. Real or fake? Oh, that needs to be a musical. It sounds like a music started with a scream. Um, uh, real. John saying fake. It's fake. I made that one up. That was good, though. Damn it. It was, it was a good one. Um, number seven, three on a meat hook. Real or fake? 
That's a follow up to two girls, one meat hook. Right, yeah. um, I'm going to say real. Yeah, fake. It's real. It's from 1972. 70s were grim. People go, horror movies are too nasty nowadays. You need to go back and look at some of the 70s ones. Oh, yeah. Um, number eight, the Halloween Killathon. Real or fake? I wouldn't say fake, yeah. Yes, I made that one up. It's quite <laughs> obvious, that one. <laughs> Um, number nine, the dark truth of my friend, real or fake? <laughs> real. Yeah, I'm gonna say real. It's fake. I made that one up. <laughs> oh wow, that actually sounds like, you know, like a film. Almost like Thirteen Reasons Why or whatever they're uh, doing on Netflix, right? Exactly. Um, number ten, Twin Sanity, real or fake? Twin Sanity. Oh, that's a good one actually. So if that's fake, then that's a good title. Somebody should. Call yeah, it. I'm gonna say real. I'm gonna go real. It's real. It's from 1970. Oh, 70s, 70s again. <laughs> um, number 11, help or humanoid eating little people. Real or oh, fake? <laughs> fake. I'm going to say real because that would, you know, be interesting. It's fake. I made that one up. Yeah, it sounds very much like Chud, doesn't it? The old <laughs> cannibalistic human like on the groin. Yeah. Ten, points, ten points, John, if you can. Uh, the film Daryl. What did Daryl stand for, if you know that one? Oh, wow. I remember seeing the title, but I have no idea. Steve? I don't know. Nope. The, the Data analo- Analyzing Robotic Youth Life Form, if you just want you know, some, some points there. As you can tell, I didn't get out much when I was a kid. And you have a good memory. I do, yeah. Um, number 12, real or fake, die, die, die. Real. Delilah. Um, real. It's fake. It's actually a band. Ah! There's a band called Die, Die, Die. <laughs> now, is that what they're called, or is that just because the fans shout it at them and they go, yay, they know our name? Possibly. <laughs> and that would be disturbing, wouldn't it, if you're there on stage and you, you are Die, 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 and all right. the fans are shouting for you to come on going, Die, Die, Die. That would give me a complex. Right. <laughs> and the final one, number 13, Scrotal Vengeance. Real or fake? That's, that's got to be real. <laughs> I'm going to say fake. It's real. It's from 2001. Um, wow. the, it's the, a follow-up to Scrotal Recall. Right. <laughs> the, the score is that, Stuart, you won 7-6. Nice. By, by pure luck, am I might By getting the Scrotal Vengeance one. <laughs> yep. That is meant. There was actually a TV show called Scrotal Recall, which was on one of the streaming sites, but I think they've changed its name to something else now. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so what is the next big film that's coming out, Steve? Um, apart, from Beauty and the, apart from Beauty and the Beast, so horror-wise. Um, you've got Life. Yeah, that's, that's, out, on, yeah, that's out on Friday. Jack Gyllenhaal, yep. Ryan Reynolds' um, alien film, which people thought it was a um, tie-in to the Marvel film Venom, Venom when it <laughs> isn't. Um, they've revealed it's not uh, to do with Venom. Um, open just in America was the Belcor experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, we get it over here next month, 21st of April is when we get it. Um, trying to think horror wise, if there's anything bigger than probably life. Cause like I said, life is opens up on, um, on Friday. You've got the chips movie 
that looks awful. <laughs> so the, the thing is, I watched the, the trailer the first time it came out, and I thought, this film looks so funny, I want to watch it. And then I watched the trailer again a couple of weeks after, and I'm like, this looks dreadful. So, but it's the, <laughs> it was the same trailer, so I don't know what happened. So, I don't know. Just, you, you, if you yeah. see the Red Band trailer, because I saw the not Red Band to begin with, and then I saw the Red Band, I'm like, I want to see this even less now. Yeah, and you do realise it's got Dax Shepard in it as well, so that that should give you an indication that the movie is going to be horrendous, right? With with him being in it, so yeah, no thanks. Um, what else? What else has he been in? Um, he, he's a comedian. Um, he's he's just normally in those really shitty, shitty um, romantic comedy things, right? So yeah, not no, no thanks. Ben Wheatley's oh. new film is out in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Free, Free Fire. Fire. Yep. That's yeah, some good feedback. And you've got um, the live-action version of Ghost in the Shell as well, just out in a couple mm, of weeks' time. I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. What do, what do you reckon, John? Any of those appeal? Uh, you know, I mean, like Ghost in the Shell, that one looks interesting. I like the uh, the animated version. I can't remember how long ago that came out. Uh, but as far as, I mean, like, I just don't have a lot of free time, so probably the next big day... Um, for me would be uh, Saturday, May the 6th, which is free comic book day for everybody. Hopefully you guys celebrate that too and uh, go to your, support your comic book stores and get free comic books and all that stuff. But then um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 will have come out the day before. So probably that'll be our uh, – plus both my daughter's birthdays are right around uh, May the 6th. So we'll uh, make a day event of it and go to free comic book day and then go see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Just to rub it in slightly, we get it a week before. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we get we get it on the twenty eighth of April and Friday the twenty eighth of April. So just like with all Marvel films, we get them a week before America does. How does that work? <laughs> Don't know. Yeah. It just it just has. And it always will. So right. yeah, we get it. A week before. Yeah, it makes no sense, John. It doesn't. Right. Uh, James Bond movies getting early. I get that because it's ours. Right. British thing. But Marvel movies, I don't think they're British films. They do have a lot of British actors in them. <laughs> as does pretty much every TV show in the States now. That's like just got oh, British yeah. people pretending to and just snuck over the wall. Right. And they're, uh, you know, they, they don't want to get deported and stuff. But when do right. we get Fast and the Furious 8? Fast 8, as it's known. Fast and Furious 8. Oh, I'm not sure when we get there. Uh, like, it's not like April or something. I thought it was pretty early. I'm getting quite excited about that. Annette is so excited, she's going to make me go on my own because she don't want to watch it. <laughs> I think it's because she'll enjoy it so much, she'll just want to keep watching it, I think. Right. But, yeah, she's, she's not a massive fan of that franchise. I'll quickly <laughs> find out when we get it. It's a, it's a fun franchise, although the first trailer for Fast 8, I just I watched it and was like, wow, man. I mean, like like the other ones weren't ludicrous, but this I felt like went to a whole new level of stupidity. Then I saw the trailer. I think it was when Michelle and I went to see Logan and I was like, wow, okay, now I'm excited. So now now we're back on track. We get it April 12th. That's when it's nice. So it's not too far off. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. I will have to take myself off the cinema on my own that day. We get it, we get it two <laughs> days it. before America does. <laughs> nice. I'm going to try and watch it um, before the reviews kick the crap out of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, definitely one of the most insane franchises around, that's for um, sure. And one yeah. film I'm waiting for is, is going to be a film that nobody will see because it's got a silly title. My Life as a Zucchini. 
<laughs> or my life is a courgette, isn't it? Yeah. It's been called in some place. Yeah, double. Which double I thing, absolutely yeah. love the look of. It's a part of like a double bill of French films that is coming out. My life is a zucchini slash courgette and the red turtle. Uh, the red yeah. turtle, the studio Ghibli produced. And my right. life is a zucchini courgette was nominated for an Oscar. And it looks phenomenal. I love the look of it. So yeah, they're, they're, I, I, I love the small little animated film. So yeah, the, I, I, um, there's a film that I need to watch called Silent Voice. Which is, it was the film that knocked uh, Your Name off the number one spot in Japan. Yeah. Your Name was like um, the biggest animated film pretty much of all time behind Spirited Away. And it, it's a f- absolutely phenomenal film, Your Name. And I really want to see um, uh, A Silent Voice. So that's out in, on, in cinemas now, but it's very, 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 very limited release. Yeah, they are, aren't they now? It's just, it yeah. is quite hard to find these smaller films to describe them as that because everything is a, a Beauty and the Beast or a Fifty Shades or a <laughs> Star Wars or you know one of these franchise right. things it's kind of or a live action Disney film yeah see so, I could do a podcast yeah. just based on animated films as well <laughs> considering <laughs> I, I'm um, on my show I review the animated films first so yeah I get the good so like a silent voice and my life is a courgette and the red turtle with the bad Smurfs <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I have to go and see this new Smurfs film, which is out in a few weeks' time. Wow. Damn. That's why, that's, why I will, that's why I'll never do a show where it's like, I need to watch this because I have to review it. It's like, nope, I'll just watch whatever the hell I like. So but I'm, I get to speak on me three as well, so that's a plus. That's yeah. True. If you did a top 20 animated thing, would it be just Ghibli films? or Predominantly. Predominantly, yeah. yeah predominantly. <laughs> but I, I have seen tons of animated films, manga around me or um, stuff like that. So, yeah, it would be. I think it would be even. It would be hard for me to actually come up with the top twenty animated films. Much more easier for a top twenty horror films. Absolutely difficult for me for animated films. Have we ever done our? This is. I think I'm sure. I actually remember asking this question once before, and I can't remember the answer. So that's that's how I'm cracking up. Have we ever done like our favourite top horror movies of all yes. time? And it, we have done. I thought we might have. Yes. Cool. Because mine that's, was an obvious choice. Yes, mine's still Night of the Living Dead. Mine's still Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, definitely. What would yours be, John? Best horror film of all time. Oh wow, man! Probably the one that I still enjoy the most would be. Um, uh, Carpenter's the thing. There's just something about Botine's, uh, you know, the, 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 the alien, uh, I mean, like all the times people split, the dog explodes and all that stuff. There was just the fact that that transferred to Blu-ray and it looked gorgeous and everything held up. It's just a fun movie to watch. And, and the, the fact that it's all what, like a keyboard, like a couple of notes here and there, almost like, uh, Escape from New York, but uh, yeah, man, it was that was cool. I feel like that inspired a lot of um, you know, like Terminator and, and different movies like that. So, yeah. And what's your favorite line from the thing? I'm going for cheeks, it, bitch. I <laughs> 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 oh, love that one. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah, that would probably be my well, probably. Well, fuck you too. Yeah, that was that's very good. Yeah, yeah, that's probably my favorite. Yeah, it's but the whole thing is just it's so classic 80s when he's playing chess on the computer and then he gets pissed off and yeah, he pops that little thing open, <laughs> pours, his, 
Yeah, yeah. Waste and if, if we, attack, man. <laughs> and if if we uh, step away from Kurt Russell as well, you've got, and I forget the guy's name, but he's like, I'd rather not spend all of my <laughs> evening tied to this fucking chair. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right there where the one guy, I can't remember his uh, name now, but anyway, where he started getting the buggy eyes and everything. And yeah, man's right beside him. So yeah. <laughs> It's so quotable as a thing. You know, you yeah. gotta be fucking kidding me that time. They, oh, it's, it's more quotable than Reservoir Dogs that film, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and they had such cool jump scares, like the uh, when they were testing the blood, and the way it would just whatever. I mean, like, and you had that kind of uh, metal on glass, and anyway, and then um, and then when the 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 blood, you know, it popped out or whatever. Man, that was just that was some cool stuff. It was. I need to go and watch the thing now. I want to go and dig out my uh, copy of it and sit and watch it. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what's your uh, so Stu? We've covered the thing. What's your favourite bit of movie dialogue uh, from any film? Should we go Nightmare on Elm Street? Freddy Krueger is your favourite line <laughs> that you like, or do you want to go from a different horror film? That's really difficult. Um, that, that's even harder with actually coming up with the. Um, a list of like the top horror films of all time or the top animated films of all time because there's there's obviously you've got all the iconic all the iconic um, lines so that's really difficult. Well, and you know, I guess it's almost like when Stuart was asking me to uh, you know come up with my list of you know the songs or the the tracks on the score, and I remember there was probably three of them that I went ahead and put on the list before I went back and started listening to all these different tracks. And then when I was listening to it, it changed and some of those were bumped off the list. So it is, it's tough to compile these, these lists just off the top of your head, because the more you think about it, then you may find, you know, like you forgot about one that was more endearing or, you know, for whatever reason. So I forgot about a lot of music tracks after I did the show. I'm like, oh crap, why did I forget that one? <laughs> so, uh, but Sean did sort of put a, a thing in the show saying, oh, we should do another one sometime. So, yeah, that's yeah. going to happen, I think. You know, and, unless good. iTunes kill me. <laughs> um, but we did put a disclaimer out saying, "Look, this is a this, this is designed to make you go out and purchase movie soundtracks. Right. This is not designed for you to just get free music. So right. you know, go buy them. So right. um, if we're going Freddy Krueger, I welcome to prime time, bitch, from the third one. I, well, I, I, I like it in the first one where um, Nancy is beating Freddy, saying, can you come and catch me?' And then he just turns around and says, "I'm going to split you in two yeah <laughs> it's just a lovely thing to see i am just going to split you in two see he meant it he meant it one way i think if you watch that line now you go i'm not quite sure which way he's going to split her in two there's, there's more well, than one way to... you know and that's the cool thing about the 80s you could say anything you you there wasn't this air political correctness where kind of stymies a lot of uh creativity these days exactly people would be all over that nowadays wouldn't they going he's abusive to women Right. No, yeah. He's a, he's a psycho. That's the whole point. Yeah. So, but yeah, classic. At some point, I will come up with a quiz where I play little clips to do from horror movies mm-hmm. and see if you can guess them. So that may be a fun one. <laughs> so, what have you got planned for the rest of your day, John? Because I know you're in the past from where we are. We're at like, <laughs> right. You guys are in the future. You know, uh, Michelle has actually, I'm at Michelle's office because she had to do a little work today. So she's actually come by the door. I'm in the extravagant conference room, if you will. And um, so anyway, she's come by the door and stared at me like three times. So I'm assuming we're going to go home. And um, yeah, man, who knows? Maybe we'll watch a little Iron Fist, check that out. And um, 
you know, see if, if all the negative reviews are, are accurate or not. But other than that, man, you know, it's, uh, I will get some sleep and then be on the road tomorrow to work. So it'll be another, another work day. You know how that goes. Sorry, Michelle, for keep for keeping John. <laughs> well, as long as I keep laughing it, and you know, it's it's all good. She's very supportive. So, <laughs> so th- sorry, Michelle, and thank you, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> so, but now I'm going to go downstairs, maybe watch uh, an episode of TV of some sorts, but I'm not quite sure what yet. So, Steve, yeah. what about you? Um, probably just watch some crap on YouTube and play a bit of Zelda Breath of the Wild. There you go. <laughs> So that's the joy about using the Switch. You can play on it while watching YouTube videos and stuff like that. So, yeah, awesome that's on that cool. front. Yeah. Because you guys are going on 10 o'clock. It's like 20 till 10, right? It's, yeah, just 20 to 9. Yep. Oh, okay. Because our clocks... When the hell do the clocks change? A um, few weeks' time for us. When uh-huh. it I, thought it, I thought it was today then for some reason. I'm no. like, oh, crap. A few weeks' time right. for us when it goes forward. Yeah. Yeah. Spring, spring forward, fall back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, ours was so, uh, last weekend. So yeah, cool. Right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Stu, because I sent him a message earlier on going, "Do you fancy podcasting?" Here? <laughs> yes. And then John, you sent me a message. I'm like, let's just meld this. Yeah, yeah, so, man. I appreciate both of you fun. being flexible, so I can just say on a whim, "Hey, I have time." So. <laughs> oh god, yeah. This is like I think about three times this is up now, isn't it? Yeah. John? We're like, I'm around. Do you want to chat? And I'm like, all right. Yeah. There's no, no show notes or anything. Let's just jump right. on and talk about what we watched. So, yeah. <laughs> that is cool. But you enjoy your day, John. And well, thank you, and I hope you guys enjoy your evening. You too. Yep. Enjoy your evenings too. Thank you. And um, we'll have a catch up soon. Will right. do. Sounds great. Take care. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.